The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say that your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowds saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have your bulletin insert handy, I want to show you just a couple of things in our Gospel lesson. It turns out that sight... Sight is very important in our gospel lesson, and you can see it in the words that are used. So in verse 2, your attention is drawn to the people who brought the paralytic to Jesus. It says, and behold, which literally means see, see, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed, and Jesus saw, he saw their faith. And then again in verse 3, see. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. And Jesus, now in our text it says knowing, but the word is actually seeing. Jesus, seeing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? Your attention is drawn to all of the things happening around, happening around Jesus, and especially this. That Jesus sees the faith of that paralytic and his friends, and he sees the hearts of his opponents, of the scribes. Seeing is a very important thing in our gospel lesson this morning. It shouldn't surprise us, of course, that Jesus sees everything, even what is in the hearts and minds of the people around him. He is God, after all. It's worth saying aloud that not only God can God see everything, but he also does see everything. He never slumbers nor sleeps. His eyes are always toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. That's what the psalmist says. He's not a God who is distant and unaffected, but he sees. A God who sees. Who sees because he is intimately concerned with his creation, with his creatures, whom he loves, most of all, with you, with mankind, who was made in his image. That kind of scene, the kind of scene that God does is not like the kind of scene that Santa Claus does. I think it's okay to talk about Santa Claus now because there's decorations in the stores, right? You know the song. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Santa sees kind of like uh, a begrudging uh, building inspector who's just sort of looking for faults, checking his lists, waiting to assess fines. His job is to find things that are not up to code. And compassion has nothing to do with Santa. But God sees differently. He sees very differently from Santa. Of course, he sees good and bad. He sees right and wrong. 
and he judges the wicked. But more importantly, he is moved to compassion by what he sees. When he sees, he feels. He doesn't just levy a fine and walk away when someone breaks his law. Much rather, it grieves him. It makes him sad. He cares about the lost. He loves sinners. He desires for all to be saved. And when he sees the fallen state of mankind, he does not just close up shop, as Santa would if he were really honest about the situation. Instead, he makes promises and is faithful. And he goes to work redeeming his children. He sacrifices and suffers and dies because he sees. That is how Jesus sees. He sees truly and accurately, and he is moved to compassion. So think for a minute what it would have been like for Jesus as he walked around Judea and Galilee in our gospel. Just like you, he would have seen everything that is on the outside. He would have seen the good and the bad. He would have seen successes and failures. He would have seen the happy and the sad, the wealthy and the poor. He would have seen the healthy and the sick. He would have seen all of that, the same kinds of things that you would have seen. But he also would have seen more. For all of that's just what's on the surface. Imagine, instead of just seeing the body, the features, the surface of a man or a woman in front of you, what Jesus saw was a whole life. He saw every last ache and pain, the sickness, the sickness that no one else can see, the discomfort and the agony that is hidden beneath the surface. He saw every last bit of suffering. He saw the suffering that comes from having a frail, fallen human body. And he saw the suffering that comes from living in a sinful world. He saw all of the betrayal and the mistrust, the lies that have been believed and the lies that have been uncovered, the promises broken, the bitterness of ruined relationships, the sorrow of disappointment, the grief of loss. He saw all of that. In every person, he saw every wound and injury, and he saw every sin. He saw the selfishness and the pride the worship of false gods, the trust in money and pleasure and happiness and comfort. He saw the hatred and the lust and the greed. He saw the excuses, the explanations and stories that people told to themselves about why they had done what they had done. He saw the hypocrisy. He saw the hardness of heart, the unbelief, the hatred of God. He saw the foolishness of believing lies, of hiding from God. He saw the blindness and the stubbornness and the delight in sin. He saw all of that. Imagine what it was like for Jesus to see all of that. It explains why he did that strange thing in our gospel lesson when those friends brought that paralytic to Jesus this morning. There he is, this fellow lying on the ground, unable to move, clearly in need of a cure for his physical ailment. That's what he needed most of all, and everyone could see it. But Jesus can see more. Yes, Jesus saw his broken body, but he saw everything else, too. Everything else. And so he said, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. 
The scribes scoffed at him because they thought he was a blasphemer. After all, they said, who can forgive sins but God alone? But I think that you and I would have scoffed for a different reason had we seen what Jesus did. We would have scoffed because it does not seem like a very helpful thing to do for this poor fellow lying on the ground. Forgiving his sins seems to be about as helpful as sending a Hallmark card to somebody that doesn't actually do anything for them. It's a nice thought, yes, but it doesn't make them well. It does nothing for his physical ailment. He still can't walk. But in fact, Jesus had given him something far better than the restoration of his body. He delivered the promise that faith clings to, that it hopes in, that promise, your sins are forgiven. If you have the forgiveness of sins, it does not matter whether you are lame or well, whether you're poor or rich, whether you're dying or living. It does not matter because you have been restored to God. You have been brought back into his kingdom. You have received the love of God, which guarantees that you will be raised from the dead to eternal life. Jesus saw the paralytic and was moved to compassion and gave him exactly what he needed. As Jesus walked about Judea and Galilee and saw all around him the same desperate need in everyone, he was moved to compassion, moved to heed his Father's voice, moved to walk willingly to the cross where he was crucified to give his life for the world, to give the world exactly what it needed. And that was Judea and Galilee 2,000 years ago. That's the context of our gospel lesson. But think about a different time and a place. What would Jesus see if he were here in this room? Just like you and I, he would see the 70 or 80 bodies sitting here in pews. He would see everything that you and I see, the faces that we put on for one another. He would see a group of people who seems to be getting on just fine. People who ask one another, how are you doing, and who answer, just fine. That's what he would see, just like you and I do, everything that's on the outside. But he would also see more. He would see your whole life, every last ache and pain, the sickness that no one else can see, the discomfort and agony that is hidden beneath the surface. He would see every last bit of suffering. The suffering that comes from having a frail human body and the suffering that comes from living in a sinful world. He would see the betrayal and the mistrust, the lies believed and the lies uncovered, the promises broken, the bitterness of ruined relationships, the sorrow of disappointment, the grief of loss. He would see every last wound and injury. And he would see every sin. He would see the selfishness and the pride, the worship of false gods, the trust in money and pleasure and comfort and happiness. He would see the hatred and the lust and the greed. He would see the excuses, the explanations and the stories that we tell to ourselves and others about why we did the things that we did. He would see the hypocrisy. He would see the hardness of heart, the unbelief, the hatred of God, the foolishness of believing lies, of hiding from God. He would see the blindness and the stubbornness and the delight in sin. He would see all of that. What would he think about it? 
Would he be checking off his list, crossing off this name or that? Would he storm out of here because it's too much of a mess? Would he just leave us the way that we are? Would he overlook or ignore the things that he can see? Would he pretend like they're not here? Would he just pretend that the easy stuff is what he's here to deal with? Would he deal with the easy stuff and ignore all of the hard stuff, leave that stuff alone? Would he let sleeping dogs lie and try to avoid opening any cans of worms? Of course, this is not hypothetical. We don't have to wonder what Jesus would do if he were here in this room. We don't have to wonder what it would be like for him to see all of us inside and out. We don't have to wonder because he is here. His very spirit is present in the words that you hear proclaimed and preached, in the words that we recite and sing together. His very body and blood will be present on this altar and in your mouths. We don't have to wonder what Jesus would do if he were here seeing all of us because he is here, seeing all of us, and he is moved to compassion, just as he was for that poor man in our gospel lesson. He is moved to compassion and sees exactly what we need and gives it to us. He cannot help but save us from everything that ails us, for that is why he was born in the flesh in the first place. From beginning to end, this divine service is all about what Jesus does when he sees you. He begins by forgiving your sins. And then he teaches you how precious that forgiveness is by his word. And he shows you how deep and unmoving his love is for you by giving you his body and blood. He knows that what you need is not a cure for whatever you show to the world. He knows that what you need is a cure that begins in your heart. And so he gives himself to you fully, not holding anything back, not shying away from this or that part of you, not checking your name off the list and saying it's no good. You won't have it. Not ignoring or overlooking this or that part of your life, but filling you, filling you from top to bottom with forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus was the only hope of that paralytic, and so he forgave his sins. He is your only hope as well, and mine, too. He sees you, and he knows what you need better than you know it yourself. And best of all, he gives it to you. Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. To Christ alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.